0: What is going on, Whisper Nation? We're back. We're the Fantasy Whispers, and we're doing a live show today, Wednesday, May 12th. And we're going to be talking about those rookie wide receiver, where they landed, what the you know, fantasy impact is for not only this year, but moving forward. We're going to answer all of those questions right here on the Fantasy Whispers.
1: Right here. Johnny, we're back at it, as you said, right there. I am back on the show. If you're hearing my voice, if you're seeing my bearded mug here, if you're seeing Johnny to... My right or left, wherever he is, I don't know. Do us a huge favor and hit that like button and share this stream on whatever platform you are on. It really helps us with the algorithms, helps us grow our channel. So help us chase this dream and continue to bring you content every day by sharing this video. If you're new to the Fantasy Whispers, welcome in. Please consider hitting us up with a follow or a subscribe on any of the platforms. We release fantasy football content daily. You can find us or our past shows on Facebook, YouTube twitter instagram and spotify just search the fantasy whispers or go to the fantasy we have the links to everything there as well as on our instagram we got the link tree up there as well and if you're looking to support the show you can do so at a at just one dollar five dollar or even twelve dollars but that one dollar is just a general support help us keep the lights on around here you can do that by going to patreon searching the fantasy whispers uh, on patreon.com and checking us out there Johnny, it's good to be back, brother. Uh, New Orleans tried to keep me down, but uh, we went out there for a for a buddy's wedding, and man. I am still feeling the effects. You can you can hear my voice right now. It's not the same old big Travi, that sultry voice. It's a little raspy right now, hey. and uh, blame it on the fried alligator, blame it on the hurricanes, whatever you want. It's uh, it's it, it, I'm still feeling the effects.
0: Hey, we know we know that you you went full macho man when you were there in New Orleans. We know oh, we heard. Yeah.
1: yeah,
0: there you go, <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, man, it's great to have you back. Uh, we did do, speaking of Patreon, uh, less this last Friday, we did, uh, the card giveaway and man, uh, John Durst, who is, uh, one of our followers, uh, or Patreon subscribers, man, he made out like a bandit, Travis. I don't know if you got to catch the video, but he got two, he landed two chasers and four cards. Uh, so yeah, he landed like the Pat Mahomes uh chaser number 2 and then like the the he also got a baker mayfield rookie card prism rookie card so that was pretty awesome we did that on so friday much-
1: Some big winners. So, yeah, guys, if you're wondering what that is, we've given away those football cards that Johnny has rated. Uh, You know, That's the craze these days is those football cards. They're going crazy. Johnny's got a ton of them, and he's being generous here. TFW's giving these away for you. You just got to subscribe at the Patreon level, that $5 level. Is that right, Johnny? And then that gets you into the drawing every month, and we do it once a month, first Friday of every month. And so Johnny held down the fort and and got that giveaway. So if you guys are interested how you could win those cards, go to patreon.com search the fantasy whispers and subscribe at that $5 tier. So obviously Johnny, we talked to the top of the show. We're talking rookie wide receivers, but first a little bit of news on the NFL schedule, right Johnny?
0: Oh yeah, baby. The NFL schedule is being released tonight and you know, we're not going live for it, but you know, so I, I almost could cause anything football related and, and, and just gets me hyped, but We don't need to because we got a bunch of like leaks and secrets here and there. So although I I have not peeked yet to see if the Cardinals uh, schedule has been leaked, I don't know that one yet. Or the Green Bay Packers haven't checked that for certain. But Travis. We do know that some of these major games, uh, the dates and the times, well, at least, yeah, we do know some of the times. So I'm going to talk to a couple of them. I want you to tell me which ones you're really looking forward to, which ones you're not so much looking forward to. uh, And we'll just begin the show with that. And then we'll dive into our main segment of the show. All right. The week one NFL season opener. I apologize, too, if if someone hasn't seen this and I'm just, like, leaking this. You wanted to wait? I apologize, all right? I apologize. But week one opener, September 9th, is the Cowboys at Buccaneers. Dak Prescott is supposed to be back, and Tom Brady defending. They're going back, trying to go back-to-back. So, great season opener there on a Thursday night. Hopefully, we'll be together. We'll be probably going live for that, I would guess, Travis. Um, Tom Brady returning to New England week four buccaneers uh at patriots so that's a good one the two london games are going to be week five uh which is october 10th that's going to be the jets at the falcons so early morning week five and uh, early morning week six uh and that will be dolphins at jaguar so uh those ones will begin you know 9 30 eastern time 6 30 pacific time so those would be really, really early morning games for us, Travis. Uh, and then last two here that I'll note, uh, week 12 Thanksgiving games. We got Bears at Lions. That's a norm. Uh, Raiders at Cowboys. And then we got Bills at Saints. That's going to be a great uh, nightcap there. I'm excited for that one. And then just to, just to just add a little bit here, Travis, we're fun. We we got some good teams here We that we like rooting for. Uh, the week 16 Christmas game, they, just, they must be fans. NFL must be fans of the show. That's what I'm just going <laughs> to sum this up to be because – they are giving us on Christmas Day the Browns at the Packers and then the Colts at the at the Cardinals. So I'm gonna to try to go to that game maybe. But yeah, so those are some sneak previews of some games. Which ones are you most looking forward to, Travis?
1: Uh, you know, I would normally say this Cowboys at Buccaneers from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, that should be an excellent game. I just want to make sure that Dak's going to be healthy. So that's a caveat here for me. If Dak is healthy, I love that game. That might be my favorite of the slate. We're going to talk about followed closely by Brady's return to new England. Um, that one's going to be a lot of fun just to see the tension in the air to see if, The Patriots are good enough by then to compete with Tampa. What happens there? Um, And then, of course, yeah, like you said, the Christmas Day games, uh, Browns at Packers, Colts at Cardinals. I think just from a selfish standpoint as fans of those teams, uh, we're going to like to see those games as Mm -hmm. well. My big question, Johnny, and this is to you and and maybe Whisper Nation, they can comment. Do we think this is the biggest anticipated release of a schedule ever? Because we can have – fans back in the stadium this year, most likely. And so I just imagine that there's going to be so much excitement built around going back to these games. I know I'm excited, um, Mm -hmm. you know, to figure out what games I'm going to be able to go to, go to games with friends and all those things. Um, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely
0: like I said, I I'm eyeing that uh Christmas Day game. I'm going to try to persuade Jade, the wife, to Hey, maybe a little Christmas present to me would be uh, that, that Cardinals and uh, Colts game. That would be no, a lot gotta of fun. you got to do the
1: old switcheroo. The old Christmas present to her is two tickets. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, two That's tickets exactly for the it. Cardinals game. <laughs> hey, babe, I got you this. You know, I think she might go for it. There you go. We'll see. JML Sports in here saying, yo, what's going on, JML Sports? Thanks for joining us. And all of you that are joining us here on the Whisper Nation live chat in whatever platform you are watching on, please hit us with a like. Hit us with a thumbs up. Hit us with a share. That would uh, be much mucho appreciated uh, with my Spanglish there. All right, so we're going to talk it right now. Fantasy fallout, uh, Johnny, of the wide receivers um, for the rookies that were drafted here. Um, and, and there's there's a lot of guys to talk about. So we're going to get through some guys. Some guys we'll talk a little bit more in depth on, but for dynasty purposes, for redraft purposes, what's their impact? Where do we think they're going to you know, really shine with this team? What's the opportunity involved? And so we'll start by uh, talking about none other than jamar chase he was the consensus number one wide receiver and i believe if we're talking talent wise he's probably in his own tier based on these guys that were drafted this year in 2021 but jamar chase was taken at number five overall to the cincinnati Bengals. he was the first wide receiver taken off the board he's now going to be reunited with his former qb who averaged 41 passing attempts per game in 2020 so you look at all opportunity just as far as volume standpoint the offense has it Um, then with aj green alex erickson and john ross all gone that leaves 126 vacated targets whisper nation so cincinnati as a team they average the sixth highest passing rate at 63 percent chase himself 24 deep catches in 2019, which were 10 more than any other player in this class. You love that. Uh, You got T Higgins and Tyler Boyd on the roster. Uh, Those guys are talented as well. It could limit Chase's upside. But I think this guy is so special. I think even in redraft, we're taking a chance on him. Uh, Comp to people like Aldo Beckham Jr., Uh, just the connection already being there. He is um, a physical freak, and he has even more room to grow as a route runner, which means the ceiling could get even higher, Johnny. And I just think there's a lot to offer here with Jamar Chase in an offense that's probably going to be top five, top eight in pass attempts with a guy who's already thrown the ball to Jamar Chase regularly in Burrow coming back from injury. Yeah, I think
0: he's going to be a really interesting case because because of what happened last year in Justin Jefferson and, and to an extent CeeDee Lamb uh, before right. Dak went out, you're going to see a lot of these uh, wide receivers start to come off the board a lot sooner. And my overall strategy is going to probably be let other people draft these rookies and then wait for them to drop them and then pick up my favorites. But the chances of someone being, you know, going to be dropping Jamar Chase this year are probably going to be slim because of where he is going in drafts. So, with jamar chase here's what i'll say i will probably have him in a couple of leagues just because i do want some exposure to him because like you said he's reuniting with joe burrow uh he's he's going to be he should be the number one alpha in that uh wide receiver group and he's super super talented and there's a ton of vacated targets so it's all adding up to be where he has the potential to actually return his value now you are getting you know having to pay up up front for that. Uh, but I do think that there is a reality where he does return that. So I do want to, uh, have a little bit of exposure, but I don't want him as my wide receiver one. If I do it, he's going to be my wide receiver two and, uh, or even wide receiver three. And, and I'm hoping that he falls, you know, fifth round, uh, in most cases, but yeah, it, he's gotta be a guy that you are confident in, uh, because it, it, it's a little risky. It's going to be, he's going to be a risky pick.
1: Yeah, Jacob Blake coming in here. Will Chase uh, outscore Boyd? And I think yes. I think it's, uh, barring injury, like Jamar Chase is going to be probably the alpha for this team. I think if anybody has a chance to not be the alpha, like to beat Chase out for the alpha, it's T. Higgins, who already Mm -hmm. has a year of established or almost a year of established rapport uh, with Burrow. But I don't think it's Tyler Boyd, who is a slot guy, who is a possession wide receiver, who's a guy that in PPR will do fine. But Jamar Chase is, you know, I don't want to throw out the word transcendent talent too much, but that's exactly what Jamar Chase is. Some people believe Chase would have been the number one wide receiver last year in a very deep class. Um, and I think that alone, plus the chemistry already with Burrow, is going to slot him well ahead of Boyd, uh, all things considered, next year. All right, so moving on to our next player, Johnny, the next guy taken off the board was Jalen Waddell on the exact next pick to the Miami Dolphins, Jalen Waddell uh, out of Alabama. So talk to the people a little bit about what you see in Jalen Waddle if, if, if redraft is an option this year and kind of where you're at in, uh, in Waddle's status here.
0: Listen, the theory of or the, the the similarity of this draft or the theme of this draft as they went through was they were all just playing the same song. Reunited and it feels yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, it was for you had to endure that. But that's exactly what they were all playing, because guess what? Jalen Waddell goes to Miami Dolphins and reunites with Tua. Similarly to Chase doing that with Joe Burrow, and similarly to the guy that we'll talk next uh, going to his quarterback, you had Jalen Waddell, who is 5'9", 180 pounds, go to Miami Dolphins. Now, this is what I do like about Jalen Waddell. He is a competitor. He's no stranger to competitive wide receiver groups. He went to Alabama when they were all completely stacked at wide receivers, and he had to battle through that. That's what I do like about him. Uh, On the unfortunate side of that is that because he was never the true alpha of Alabama or whatever, you know, receiving core, he never truly saw a a huge market share that would give him, you know, what you could potentially see from a wide receiver one standpoint, his highest target market share in college, Travis was 12.8%. And that was back in 2018. So the, it, that is a little bit concerning, right? He goes into Miami Dolphins, who, as we know, they just picked up Will Fuller. They also have uh, Devonte Parker. They also right. have, you know, a plethora of other wide receiver talent. So. I do believe because of that Jalen Waddle's rookie year might be a little bit capped uh, unless they're, you know, barring injury or something. Uh, I, I do not think that Jalen Waddle would be a consistent wide receiver for you this year in fantasy f- for fantasy football purposes, but moving forward and beyond like 2021 and beyond because 2022, I should say and beyond because Will Fuller is only a year out contract. Right. And then I expect Jalen Waddle to take that wide receiver to role where I think that he will truly shine because look at what he does, Travis he, in college, right? We talked about the, the stacked wide receiver group, but he boasted a catch rate of 84% throughout his entire college career on 126 targets, which granted I, I get it. It's not a ton of targets and you could say, Hey, but 180, you know, 84% catch rate that they could just be giving him the ball at the line of scrimmage. And, and that could right. boost it. Well, you would think that, but if you look at his yards per reception average over all three years, 19 yards per reception, Travis. So that is that is really, really nice. But again, due to the amount of weapons the Miami Dolphins have, uh, I don't expect Jalen Waddle to have a huge, huge impact. I mean, he'll have games, but I don't expect him a huge impact his rookie year.
1: Jacob coming back in here saying Waddle is tie freak 2.0 uh, player profile, obviously comparing uh, Jalen Waddle to John Brown. There's definitely a deep ball element. And you talked about how this is probably long-term Fuller's replacement in the offense. He actually projects to do a lot of what Fuller does uh, well at the, at the, in the same, you know, he does it in the same wheelhouse. So, I do like what you're saying about Waddle, but this is a guy, remember what Fuller was in his rookie season. Fuller was a guy that could win you weeks and he's always done that. And I think Waddle's going to have that capability. So even with redraft, you're not going to be, you know, totally going and smashing him at his ADP, but in some best ball formats, Mm -hmm. um, as a late round dart throw, you're definitely going to take Waddle because he's a guy that can win you weeks. I mean, I think in dynasty reunited with Tua, if Tua is the answer for Miami, if he can take a step forward, Waddle's going to be a nice piece to add in dynasty dynasty so it's if you believe in that um to happen then that's a good one uh to go with here all right our next guy i'm excited to talk this might be my favorite situation wise for a rookie wide receiver and that is devonta smith who was drafted out of alabama to the philadelphia eagles at the number 10 pick devonta smith six foot uh even he's 170 pounds was obviously out of alabama won the bolitnikoff and uh the heisman trophy uh, 3,000 receiving yards and 37 touchdowns over the last two seasons averaged around 17 yards per reception in that time. I mean, he's coming in to be the X wide receiver for Philadelphia right off the bat from week one. And if you remember how excited we were about guys like Jalen Rieger last year, think of a more of an X wide receiver in Devonta Smith. Look, a lot of college production, a lot of uh, you know, talent here. I know he's he's a small dude, like he's smaller than me, obviously, but like he's he's a he's a small guy, and you you're worried about that, but he's got the length. Um, I don't think he's the same skill set as Martavius Bryant, but you remember a guy like Martavius Bryant being successful in the NFL. Tall, slender guys can get it done as long as he's smart about how he takes hit and things like that. Um only players competing for targets here with Devonta Smith would be Dallas Goder and Jalen Rager. You know, it is a little bit of a, a a quasi crowded back or crowded wide receiver room, but it's not by anybody talented. What you know, Greg Ward, I think, you know, or, Mm -hmm. or uh, Travis Fulgham, you know, not guys you're going to be like hard up for targets. So I really think he's grandfathered into a lot of targets here. And I think that alone in dynasty, uh, if Jalen hurts is the answer um, and, and, and even if he's not the answer, I think Hurts they could cut next year if they really wanted to, and then you'd be looking at another situation where I just think that Devonta Smith has too much going right for him based on college production and opportunity meeting, and I think he might be the best one to bet on, especially in redraft this year.
0: Yeah, I definitely like Devonta Smith a lot, right? You talk about that wide receiver group and yeah, it's not, uh, yeah, is it kind of somewhat crowded? There's there's names, but there's no true alpha there yet. And I do think Devonta Smith can be that, especially because he comes from a room full of talent uh, as far as he's used to that, right? He's used to being the guy who has to step up and be um, much more capable, of doing what he needs to do because of the talent around him. Because if he didn't, he could get benched or he, you know, he could go um, move down in the depth chart. And I think because of that, it will help him here. I also think that getting a getting the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts a receiver like Devonta Smith is what they need he's a guy that you know we don't know the exact catch radius because they didn't go and do um, you know the underwear olympics but uh <laughs> we do know that he he is pretty talented because tua was you know his quarterback and and he did he balled out with him and then mac jones was his quarterback and he balled out with him and so i do expect you know jalen hurts to correct his um, you know his completion percentage a little bit and i do like devonta smith's overall outlook. I do think that if I were going to bet on any one uh, wide receiver, I would probably bet on Devonta Smith just for both draft capital expense and what I think he could actually produce.
1: You know, here's a, a, a fun fact: the Underwear Olympics, not only just a scouting compound nickname, but the Underwear Olympics is also what I call it when my roommates leave for the weekend. Uh, <laughs> I play the Underwear Olympics at my house. So there's a visual for you, Whisper Nation. Make sure you're uh, you're, you're imagining that. Who, right who now. is the t- who's timing it? That's what I want to know. Who times you? Um, that's if, you know that, all this your is a family left, this is a family show I, I won't get into point. that right now uh, but yeah <laughs> you, you brought that, it up yeah you brought it up well <laughs> the Giants brought up some question marks when they drafted Kadarius Coney Kadarius Tony at the number twenty pick uh, this year they traded up right Me. for this pick Coney Coney Island you were you yeah. were on that. yeah you yeah were, I was close you were, yeah yeah you're um, Kadarius Tony five eleven Johnny one ninety three. Um, you, talk to us a little bit about this pick because it was it a lot of people shaking their heads at this one.
0: Well, yeah, including me. Now I, I understand. Like, this is what's weird is like he was one of the he, he was number four wide receiver off the board and it's a late riser, right? Um, he's much more of a gadget guy. He's really fast. Ran a four four three, but he wasn't super productive in college until late. Um, and, and that was kind of where you kind of get this gadget kind of Swiss army, nice knife type of players. Now, do these guys have spots and offenses and, and have their place? Yes, I, yes, they do for sure. However, if you're looking at this wide receiver group, and this is why I'm kind of questioning or scratching my head a little bit because they went out and they added Kenny G, John Ross and Kyle Rudolph this off season when they already had, uh, you know, sterling Shepard, they had uh darius slayton they have evan ingram which i get it you want to upgrade your wider receiver weapons i totally understand that but then to do all of that this offseason and then to go and draft in the first round Kadarius tony uh is a little intriguing now of course we do have to keep in mind like Draft capital is real. So there is a reason why, you know, the giants for whatever reason did end up taking him because he does have a lot of talent. Now, do I think that's going to translate into fantasy football, Uh, you know, ability to start him week one or, or throughout the season? I don't think so. I think there's just too much in that wide receiver uh, grouping to be uh, a reliable piece for you. I, I would consider staying away. If you're in a dynasty league, I'm much more considering drafting him in, you know, like the second or third round, if he falls that far, um, because he, like I said, the draft capital and, you know,
1: yeah, I think that's. I think you you hit it on the head there. That's where it matters in Dynasty. You'd be thinking, okay, if you're trying to make a case, if somebody's holding a gun to your head and saying make a case for Kadarius Tony in Dynasty, that's the case you make it. Like mm-hmm. the draft capital's there. He's a freak athlete, but at some it's point, Sterling Shepard's
0: getting older. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, I mean you have all that stuff working, but the bottom line here is that the dude's played wide receiver maybe 18 games in college. I mean he's a converted like talent. Uh, don't get me wrong, but like this is a this is a league where you need to be proven most the time that you can do this thing. And we just don't have enough tape on Kadarius Tony to make it worth your while. So for redraft, I'm staying away completely. I think there's too many mouths to feed. And then in dynasty, I'm kind of looking at the other guys that going in that area than I am Tony, um, just based on, you know, even the play calling, you like, you got Jason Garrett there. You're not in love with, you got Daniel Jones. You're not in love with not a lot of things working for Kadarius Tony, where on the flip side, we just talked about Devonta Smith, a lot of things kind of working in his favor. Um, it you know, would be interesting conversing. to see if they give him like carries which i think would maybe make more sense but then you know it, yeah, that, and that's then the I, other thing too uh, not to cut you off johnny but we're talking about all the ways that targets get away from Kadarius tony saquon barkley is another way that all those targets get away i mean this is a guy who eats yeah. up targets in the running back position evan ingram sterling Shepard, and now um uh kenny galladay who they've paid a bunch of money to I just don't see it happening for Kadarius Tony Um, and I know we want to get cute and talk about his and his carries and stuff I I just don't see it
0: yeah I'm with you
1: all right talking next we're going to talk Rashad Bateman who went to you know was one of Johnny's favorite prospects who went to one of Johnny's least favorite landing spots but I'll do a little bit of the breakdown here Bateman also six foot Ah uh, weighs more though than your boy Devonta Smith at 190. He ran a 448, and he broke out at the age of 19. In 2019, he had 60 receptions for 1,219 yards and 11 touchdowns, averaged a 28.5 percent target market share at Minnesota. If you look at where he's going, though, it does not inspire a lot of confidence. Ravens were a league low in passing rate of 45%. They've been that way since 2019. Uh, Marquise Brown was the wide receiver 13 in target share last uh, season, so he got a ton of targets. 25% ended up as the wide receiver 46 in PPR and the wide receiver 44 in standard. Now, a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that Marquise Brown is a one-trick pony wide receiver, and so if it doesn't happen there, you look at Rashad Bateman, there's a lot that could be, said about Bateman's versatility as a wide receiver. And if Marquise Brown is on the outside and Marquise, or Mark Andrews is over the middle taking some targets, you like what you see out of Bateman's ability. And could this be the missing piece to step forward with Lamar Jackson? My counterpart here would say that Lamar Jackson's probably not a good uh, fan or uh, real-life quarterback, but a fine fantasy quarterback. But we saw that Josh Allen was getting a lot of questions last year coming into the season if he was a good NFL quarterback. And we saw what was one addition. Now, Stefan Diggs versus Rashad Bateman, not the same addition, but if that is the missing link to get this offense down the field better, maybe this could be it. But I, I, I think we got to talk. we got to hone it in on wide receiver here. And I just don't see a situation where Rashad Bateman makes a huge impact this year. I think it's going to be more on the whole of the Baltimore offense that does a lot better. And I like it for other pieces, even Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews better and Lamar Jackson better than I do for Bateman himself, Johnny.
0: I was so disappointed seeing Bateman go to Baltimore Ravens. That was like the one place I was like, just please don't go to Baltimore. And, you know, I was hoping they would take anybody else, but Rashad Bateman, but they did. And here we are. And you know, what's going to be sad is I'm probably going to fall for the trick once more. And I'm going to just get him on some leagues because I'm such a fan of Bateman. And then it's going to, you know, it's going to just frustrate me and I'm going to get I'll mad. Just, and I'll it's just mine. Remind-
1: uh, I'll remind you a little bit of bias. We hated A.J. Brown's landing spot. Yes. We hated we did. it. We did, and then yes. It, and then, and, and yes. And then obviously things had to happen, but I think that there's a world where Rashad Bateman actually can be super effective. I don't know if it'll be this year, but I think I love what it could do for this offense and fantasy purposes.
0: I, I do like... I do like what you were saying about, you know, Marquise Brown running certain routes, It like the pointing out what he was doing with his giant market share was just concerning. Now, you did bring up the Josh Allen. The only thing that I would say is like Josh Allen was known. That was the one thing we, we did know about Josh Allen. He had a big arm. Uh, and so it would make sense for that part now. Once again, I thought when we were breaking down, I was like, well, Stefan Diggs runs this type of intermediate route and Josh Allen struggles throwing that, and then he, he was able to fix it. So once again, to prove you know Travis's point and prove him right, that yeah, could Lamar Jackson actually do that? Yeah, could uh, Rashad Bateman be the missing piece that helps connect those dots? For sure. Um, but I will say that I, I've seen him you know overthrow and, and misthrow big wide receivers and big targets before and, and Mark Andrews uh, and it took like spectacular catches. So that's the only concern. Now, if Lamar Jackson does end up being able to, you know, get better with his completion percentage and they do tend to throw the ball more than just 400 times over the season, then yeah, you could definitely see Rashad Bateman emerge uh, as a, a guy because the path for him to be you know a top 24 a 12 wide receiver is there because of where he's stepping into that x wide receiver position for baltimore
1: all right johnny we're going to talk about we just talked about aj brown he went to ole miss one of his part or one of his teammates that went to ole miss was elijah moore who now is going to be with the jets he was picked in the second round pick two uh in the second round at number 34 um And so talk to us a little bit about Elijah Moore because the the Jets have done a great job at, like, they got Zach Wilson, they traded up to get a lineman, they got the lineman, they got a running back, they're getting another piece for him, another wide receiver, because when we talk about Sam Darnold, Johnny, we talk about all the weapons he never had. Well, the Jets are now, the new regime is now trying to put weapons around their new franchise quarterback. But is that enough for you to be excited about Elijah Moore this season in fantasy football?
0: Well, I, once again, I would be more excited actually, if Sam Darnold were the quarterback (laughs) for, uh, the New York jets this year. And that's because I know that Sam Darnold loves to go to the slot. And I do expect Elijah Moore to now take over that slot position with them taking him, you know, round two, pick two, uh, 34 overall, Travis, that tells me that they intend to use him rather quickly. And what does that mean? It also makes sense for the jet, uh, for the jets, you know, um, contract wise and, and, and as far as cap money because they will now let go of uh, Crowder and they will save themselves about 10.4 million in that expected cut so he hasn't done that yet so his his draft stock and draft price hasn't quite gotten to where it could be because you know you could be seeing a starting wide receiver uh, that is a slot wide receiver. Now, the big thing that why we don't think Elijah Moore this season could be a reliable fantasy player for you. Well, that's just because of where he he's playing, right? He's playing in the slot for a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. Uh he did hole in a lot of his his receptions and contested catch opportunities. He had 73% of those. So he is a good receiver, and he's uh, you know, not as big as you would expect from a slot receiver, but he can take You know, that punishment, he can, he's, he's really good at uh, those tough catches. And so you don't really question that durability. He did have over almost uh, 1,200 receiving yards in 2020. So he, he definitely has that ceiling, Travis. But like you said, with the addition of Corey Davis, with Z- uh, Denzel Mims uh, and, you know, the rookie quarterback, I think it's just asking just a little too much yeah. uh, from Elijah Moore this, this first year. So I'm probably <laughs> going to stay away from him. in a
1: lot, you know, years. we talk about guys like Justin Jefferson or OBJ or even AJ Brown or guys that have broken out in their rookie. Season, and we're wanting to make these cases for rookie wide receivers. I don't, and none of the three I listed and none of the ones I can remember had a rookie quarterback with them. And that's going to be the hardest hurdle to overcome is not only are you coming in with a guy who's got to be the face of the franchise now, as young as he is in the quarterback, but he's got to overcome the the difficulties of the team. But then Mm -hmm. you want him to get the ball solely to that guy enough to make it worth it. I think the one thing working for the Jets is they'll probably be huge in pass attempts this year because, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what you want to see. But I just don't know if that's you, like you said, I love when you said you're asking a little too much. And I think that's the case here. Now, we're going to talk about your Arizona Cardinals because they selected Rondell Moore, Johnny, um, at, at yeah. the number forty-nine pick, second round, pick seventeen. He's not a huge dude, uh, but he could be that slot piece that that Arizona just needs so bad. Five foot seven, one eighty, but he ran a four three seven, just a scorcher forty time there. Burst and agility were all in the. Uh, the 40 time, the burst, the agility, they were all in the 94th percentile on player profiler, so you'd love to see that. He led co- um, all of college football in broken tackles uh, at 33 as a true freshman in 2018, so you love the yak ability there for him as well. Um, because of his versatility and ability to succeed both inside and outside, I expect Kingsbury to get creative with more uh, all over the field. Um, and then you look at his player comp on player profiler, T.Y. Hilton, you'd love that as far as a burner that can get down the field and can play in the slot. Um, we have been talking a lot about how you know. I think. Uh. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's. Uh. Rich Rebar who calls the. Uh. Air, called the Arizona offense the horizontal raid last year mm-hmm. because yeah. they didn't quite get down the field with the air raid that they wanted to. We're mm-hmm. talking about the things to unlock that. You look at a guy like AJ Green. You look at a guy like. Uh. You know Elijah Moore and then or I'm sorry not Elijah Moore Rondell Moore and these are the ways that you could probably get that done and so. I'm really excited about what's possible here with Rondell Moore. And I think he could definitely, he's probably uh, taking over for Christian Kirk and you're looking at a guy uh, that can be very exciting for this offense, Johnny.
0: Yeah. He's one of my favorite rookie landing spots for any of these wide receivers. I was obviously elated when the Cardinals drafted him uh, and, and he comes here. Now a couple of things I do expect, you know, like this puts, you know, uh, Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk kind of on notice, but, Bar, you know, what I've heard on, you know, through, uh, recent, you know, uh, people who are in with the Cardinals and, you know, just seeing some of the, like the behind the scenes stuff with him, I do, uh, expect them to use him right away. And like the, I do expect them to project, him as a starter, I think this, this bumps down Christian Kirk, I I mean, Christian Kirk will still be used. Of course they'll use four receiver sets as well, but this is Rondell Moore was the guy that they wanted to get in, you know, Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk. Like that's the guy that they wished he was. Um, and, and this guy's tough. He's going to fit perfect into the system. Again, A.J. Green is an older wide receiver but fits on the outside. And so I think Rondell Moore, not only this year but moving forward, is going to be such a uh, dynamic wide receiver for fantasy football and people who roster him because he's also tied to Kyler Murray, which is you know one of the best quarterbacks right now in the league.
1: All right, we got the Cat's Pajamas in here saying, what's up, guys? What's up, Cat's Pajamas? Appreciate you being in here. If you're watching on any platform, hit us with a like, hit us with a share, help us out. And if you're listening to the audio only, make sure you go leave us a review on whatever uh, podcast platform you're using. We're moving on here, though. Johnny to Dwayne Eskridge, who was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks at number 56. Johnny, you got to break it down for me here. Is there anything viable Uh, obviously we know tied to Russell Wilson means a lot of good things usually for a wide receiver is that the case again here with a Dwayne Eskridge or do you just think that there's not enough market share to go along because this is a team that can turn off and on the let Russ cook switch all the time for us
0: yeah so with Dwayne Eskridge uh he look I understand the high draft capital the the it, it seems like a oh, I want to go and get this guy, right? You have him tied to Russell Wilson and Seattle Seahawks. So here's what I would say with Dwayne Eskridge. I don't believe that he will be a mega uh, producer for fantasy purposes this year uh, I, because of look, when you look at what he is, he's 5'9", 190 pounds, not a huge wide receiver. Though he did, uh, though he will see the field early because we are kind of projecting uh, that he will be the wide receiver three because David Moore now lo- no longer plays for Seattle. And so that's why I think that you saw the high draft capital and a wide receiver. I would really wish they would have went in a different direction. However, uh, you're looking at what this guy's capabilities are. He ran a 4.38 40 yard dash, so he has a lot of speed, and that's what they like there in Seattle. They can kind of coach up the wide receivers there. Uh, we've seen it both with DK and Tyler Lockett being a little bit more of uh, projects, and them actually uh, being able to fulfill, like grow into that position. So I will only say that Dwayne Askridge is much more of a handcuff this year, a wide receiver handcuff to DK or Tyler barring anyone gets injured in that instance, then I do think that he would become very interesting because of his speed, because of being tied to Russell Wilson, who had those deep bombs, but even even so, like David Moore, who is no longer with the team, he had forty seven targets for four hundred seventeen yards and six touchdowns last year. Travis, so I do think that either way, he'll have some games. I just don't know if it'd be consistent enough. This for me
1: seems to. like a guy that you're going to want to target on waivers in the future because something happens to Tyler Lockett, uh, something happens to Geat DK. You're going to have a situation where you're going to be picking him up on waivers and could be very beneficial. So keep him, you know, in your in your name because I also think Johnny that I heard the other day is that everybody on the roster for the Seattle Seahawks wide receiver room runs sub four, four forties. So that's a situation we like, especially tied with a guy like Russell Wilson. That's a situation you want to be a fan of. Um, I just, I, I I don't, like you said, I think there's not enough there right now. All right, let's talk Tutu Atwell. He was drafted at number 57 pick for the Los Angeles Ram. Ninth wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft. One of the smallest players out there at 155 pounds to be drafted in the NFL ever. <laughs> so he's not just small. He's small forever kind of talking. And ran a 4 4 so you love that, a 4 that's a lot of fours uh, <laughs> averaging about 30% of the receiving production in his last three seasons at uh, Louisville likely will never assume that lead wide receiver role. We just had to bring him up here. He was obviously drafted to a team that loves to throw the football when they get rocking and rolling with their running backs. And so that's why it could be interesting here for two, but I just think he's a project for the Rams and he's somebody, I think that, you look at Brandon Cooks, or you look at like a, a a Tavon Austin, or some of these smaller guys that are speedy, and you love the way that you know Sean McVay has uh, you know been infatuated with them in the past. But I just think it's a situation where this is going to be more of a project. You're not going to be able to do much with them this year. Mm-hmm. So let's move on here to Terrace Marshall, Johnny, because I think this guy's a little bit more interesting for me. And you're going to break down why the Carolina Panthers took him in the second round, the 27th pick in the second round, which was number 59 overall. How are you feeling about Terrace Mar- Terrace Marshall going because this was one a lot of people's favorite prospect in a lot of ways because he could fit in you know where he was going to be drafted was going to be by one of the better teams so you thought oh maybe he's going to get a good opportunity opportunity we obviously have Robbie Anderson there we have DJ Moore and then you got a situation with Sam darnold coming in how are you feeling where's your temperature meter here on Terrace Marshall
0: I love Terrace Marshall I I won't lie to you, Travis. I really was hoping that the Cardinals were going to land him, uh, but then we got Ronda Moore, and it was okay. I'm okay with it. But Terrace Marshall Jr. even has a great, like, even has a great little acronym name, like TMJ. Like that sounds awesome, and so I'm going to double down on that because I think this year he will be fantasy relevant in some ways, right? Look, he's reunited once again, following the same trend that we talked about before, reunited with his former LSU OC and Joe Brady. And when you you saw what he did with Joe Brady, he truly broke out, right, in that offense. It's entirely possible that Marshall takes an immediate role in this offense because of that. He knows the playbook. He knows the coaching system, right? When you look at what he did in Joe Brady's system, he was more of the ex-wide receiver that year, they did have Justin Jefferson, of course, Chase on the other side. And so it made a lot of sense. But then when Chase or when Justin Jefferson end up leaving and and so and Chase as well, because he took the year off, then it, it showed that they moved Terrence Marshall to the slot. So it shows that he has a lot of versatility. He blew up in that spot. I mean, over the last few years, Travis, 23 touchdowns on 94 catches like it's insane. But I do expect I went live or did I, I posted a video on our Instagram right after this pick because you got, you know, I'm a big DJ Moore fan. And uh, and so I came out and here's what I, th- I believe what, what they'll do. I think they'll move because Curtis Samuel is now out, out to Washington, right? Washington football team. So that leaves 97 vacated targets up for grabs. I believe that that target market share could find its way uh, over to Terrace Marshall. Now, I think that they aren't going to use him in the slot like they like we've seen over the last couple of years or the last year uh, at LSU. I think that he'll go back to that ex-alpha wide receiver that he was in Joe Brady's system before at LSU, and I think that that's why it makes it really, really intriguing here. You've got a guy like Sam Darnold slinging the rock. We know he likes to throw it deep. I do understand Robbie Anderson is there. There's that connection as well uh, with the coaching staff and all that, but let's remember Robbie Anderson only has one more year left on that contract. He is getting older as well. And so there is a very real possibility, especially in dynasty, I'm a lot higher on Terrace Marshall uh than I am in like redraft leagues, because in, in redraft leagues, I do think that uh, he will have weeks and we'll probably know based on matchups which weeks those will be. And so depending on draft capital, I, I don't currently know his ADP, excuse me for that. But if it's in the later rounds or if we were about to draft and you know it's he's a dart throw, you know, from rounds, you know, 10 through 15 or probably 12 through 15, I actually really like it because I think that there is still upside there, even though, uh, yeah, we do have Robbie Anderson there. We do have DJ Moore there. But we did see this exact team finish, which was only one of two teams last year that had three wide receivers finish within the top 30 and a points per game uh, and a points per game format. So I do believe that Terrence Marshall could have some games and some weeks for you this year.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, and I think if if Darnold was to take a step forward, this is a guy that's going to be a waiver wire pickup mm-hmm. that could be a hold because you end up picking him up, and then he ends up doing a lot of big things for there. I like what you broke down there about the the Panthers' offense being able to provide that, and if they can reach that next level, Johnny, we could be seeing some big things out of that offense. It's a big if. We yeah. can't put it all in the, in the Sam Darnold uh, wish list, but it it could happen. All right. Josh Palmer was the next wide receiver taken off the board at, at number 77. He was a third rounder, uh, pick 14. So we're going to obviously get into the day three guys and some of the weird, uh, you know, clunky, not sexy picks. But there's some opportunity here, especially in dynasty. Um, and, and, and should an injury or something break their way on the depth chart, these guys are going to be exciting. And that starts with Josh Palmer for the Los Angeles Chargers, drafted number 77 overall. Six foot one, 210 pounds, uh, went to Tennessee, left a lot to be desired here. He never eclipsed 500 receiving yards in a single season, mainly because he only ran the nine route and only saw 50 targets uh, one time, which was his senior year. His 81% win rate, though, was highest out of any wide receiver in the 2021 Reese's Senior Bowl one-on-one. So, I think what we're seeing right here is probably the future replacement for BMW if they can't get BMW healthy and signed to a longer-term deal. Um, And so I think with the lack of depth at the wide receiver position outside of BMW and outside of Keenan Allen and, and BMW on his last contract, you've got something here brewing with a Justin Herbert who loves to push the ball down the field. And so Johnny and I talked about this off air Remember, Claypool came into a crowded wide receiving room last year, and you weren't thinking that he could be that guy because of Deontay and Juju there, but he did break out because he was able to get down the field and Ben was able to hit him on a lot of things, and they they were able to kind of figure that out Flukily, I think something very similar could happen. PMW's not been the model of health in his career, and obviously the Chargers know that drafting a guy that could be very similar, and Herbert was a guy that loved to get the ball down the field to his guys. So I think there's something here brewing. It's not much, but in Dynasty, you definitely take a look at him and you say, okay, over a couple years, could he be a guy that's an X wide receiver in this offense? Yeah, he probably could do that, especially if he goes full DK and adapts to other routes within the playbook um, other than that nine route, which he m- most ran
0: well and then travis if you, if you just remember i mean how many how many games last year was it you know like where you would you would see the chargers wide receivers and you'd be like who is that yeah, guy?" yeah was,
1: Guyton yeah yeah
0: or tyler johnson yeah uh, and and, and oh, both yeah. of them had mega games and yes was it consistent or no was it consistent uh-uh but were you uh was it did it show the potential of what that wide receiver could potentially do? Yes, it it does. And and do are those guys in my eyes competition going into this year? I don't believe so. And that's why I do think that you know Josh Palmer is a guy that I'm definitely you know keeping an eyebrow open for because I do think that there will be uh an opportunity, especially like you said, BMW, something happens to him, or um you you could see it as well if they really open up this offense, Travis, being that wide receiver three. I yeah, definitely I remember
1: guys like Hayden, or uh, I'm sorry, not Hayden Hurst, but um I'm blanking on his name. Uh, the tight end that signed with New England that just left the Chargers. Oh, the Hunter Henry? Yeah, Hunter Henry, that's not right. Hayden Hurst. Two H's. But anyway, yeah. uh, uh, Hunter Henry left. So that's some vacated targets there. Yeah. If you see a guy that gets over the middle, uh you know if they can start working him over the middle i just think there's some stuff there like you said if herbert does continue to progress you're gonna like what you see out of that cat's pajama pajamas adding in he likes smith marset uh do you think he makes a fancy impact for the vikings not a lot they're passing wise to be soaked up with obviously the two big guys and justin jefferson and and then of course um Man, Adam, am, Thielen. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. I am blanking but, on names today, dude. Uh, I'm uh, still feeling New Orleans, as you can yeah. tell. Uh, but either either way, uh, I just don't know if there's going to be a ton this year, but definitely yeah. a deep sleeper in, in Dynasty as well. And then mm-hmm. Cat's Pajamas. Blake Bortles, the new Aaron Rodgers, question mark. Now, I don't think so, I don't. but he could be our savior. Look, you never know. Yeah. You, lo- you love Blake Bortles let's off, not. off the field. But, yeah, let's, let's hope yeah. not. Uh, talk to us a little bit about Daimi Brown. Daimi. Dayami Brown, Johnny, out of the Washington football team, picked number 82 overall. Uh, this is a guy that should come in um, and, and be like, you look at what he's able to do, his one trick, match with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Is there something there, at least uh, Dynasty or, or, or this year? I mean, you definitely
0: know that there is a correlation between Ryan Fitzmagic and his wide receivers, especially a deep threat. I mean, think about all those times he was with Deshaun Jackson back in Tampa Bay and he was making him a wide receiver one. Um, we, and Stevie Johnson, very similar, right? That deep threat kind of guy that had over a thousand receiving yards. Now the difference is I don't think Damian will be the number one overall alpha, right? you got, uh, you got Terry McLaurin there. You also have uh, Asante Samuel and or not Asante Samuel. Now you got me. Look at yeah, Travis's I did it. Travis's, I did it. yeah, you got me over here naming Rando dudes. Uh, but you you've got Curtis Samuel coming over as well, right? So I expect those two guys to be the one and two. They also uh have signed um Adam Humphreys uh, to make to play the slot as well. And so you look at what I he, he's more of a deep threat. And so he'll play the outside. He'll have weeks where he blows up because it only takes one big reception, but I don't believe that he'll be a true value as far as in redraft leagues. Now, again, in a standard or uh, a dynasty league, I'm much more excited about him because he does, he does flash some skills, you know, over 20 yards per reception at North Carolina. That was one of the league leaders. And so I, I do like, the fact that he can, you know, blow the top off of that defense. He pairs very well with Terry McLaurin and moving down into the future. I do think that he could be a guy that we're talking about, but not this year. I, I just think there's too much in that wide receiver room uh to be a consistent, you know, wide receiver for you.
1: Yep. I agree with you completely on this one, Johnny. And I think that there's a situation here where we just need to look at the other weapons that are there and established with a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think that's the situation here. I want to talk about Amari Rodgers next, um, mostly because he's a green Bay Packer yeah. and uh, <laughs> I love the green Bay Packers, but I do think he could be this missing key. Exactly what the green Bay Packers need. They picked him number 85, third round uh, pick 26. He's a dynamic slot weapon. He led all of college football last season with 68 slot catches. So kind of what they needed. They're not going to get, you know, think a little bit Randall Cobb if Rodgers could stay Aaron Rodgers could stay on the team then you have a situation where you like Amari Rodgers even more 25 of his you know 68 slot catches last year gained 15 plus yards so that was first in the NFL or in the college football ranks as well he posted 613 yards after catch last season that was second among all wide receivers behind DeVonta Smith we know that Rodgers knows how to get it to the open and inter- intermediate levels of the field against zone and man coverage, uh, Amari Rodgers, that is. So we know that he can do that. Um, he's the early favorite to be the start starting slot receiver, but the number two option behind Devontae Adams. Look, we know Adams can work the slot, but they want him to do so much more than that. So why not let Amari Rodgers take the load of the slot off of his plate for the most part, and I think he can make an early impact this year in his rookie season, especially if Aaron Rodgers stays. So that's the big caveat, as we know, but that's the the situation we're looking at right now.
0: I definitely think he'll be one of those guys that will have a huge uh, ADP jump if Aaron Rodgers does, in fact, end up staying with the Green Bay Packers. I think that that is going to cause his ADP to go way up because he'll definitely step right in. And like you said, the Randall Cobb, I love that comp because I think that truly demonstrates what Aaron Rodgers could do with a weapon like that. And then you're talking about what it could also do for Devontae Adams. Yes, would it, in theory, bring down the number of targets that he would he would potentially be seeing? It could, but I think it also, he could see about the same because I don't think uh, Equinemius and them would play as much. And therefore, I think that it could kind of open up the field a little bit more. Maybe Devontae Adams doesn't get so much uh, double teamed uh and if that happens, like we know how skilled Devontae Adams is, even when you double cover him, you put him on a one on one and it's it's game over. So I think that's what they're going to want to do with this offense. And so yeah, Amari Rodgers, a guy that like I'll be admitted, like I had to kind of look him up when when you guys drafted, sure. because I was like, who is this guy? Well, because like, he is- played in
1: Clemson when everybody else was getting the, right. you know, Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence was all getting the hype. Not a lot about Amari Rodgers, but if I remember watching Trevor Lawrence's tape, a lot of his touchdowns were to Amari Rodgers. I remember yeah. hearing the name Rogers come in there, so that's something else to be thoughtful mm-hmm. of when we when we do this uh, when we try to break down where Rogers could go. Aaron Rodgers stays, you're looking at something very, very tasty there. Our final mm-hmm. wide receiver, Johnny, I'm excited for you to talk about him. Amon Ra St. Brown, Detroit Lions took him at 112 uh, in the fourth round, kind of going under the radar here, but similar to a Devonta Smith, going to be targeted for a lot of or slotted for a lot of targets here.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the Detroit Lions, so his ADP should stay relatively in the quote unquote sleeper mode range or the ability to, you know, get a uh, return on that draft capital. And he's going to be one of those rookies that I, I actually do like going out and grabbing uh, because he should get a lot of those touches as far as the wide receiver position goes because he's he's not a big guy 511 197 not you know not small but he does run out of the slot most of the time that's where he he was really good at USC he did post a dominate our college dominator rating of 33% which is very significant the downside he's not the quickest and fastest guy right he's he only ran a 462 but what is that similar to, and what in who is his quarterback? Well, his his quarterback is Jared Goff now, and and we know that that's going to happen because they didn't draft a quarterback, which gave him more confidence that they were going to s- stick with him. But that four that forty time, the four six two, is very similar to Cooper Cup, and so we do know that relationship Cooper Cup and Jared Goff had. You know, Cooper Cup ran out of the slot. So I do think that there could be a very nice transition between the two players. Now, Cooper Cup is just a little bit taller, but. That who what's two inches right travis that's what they say what's two inches uh, so uh, here's the family, overall show. Thing. Family, show. family show family show uh the lack of weapons for the detroit lions does make me think that he will be a week one starter it does make me want to get him in a lot of redraft leagues because 42 percent of the market share has left the detroit lions you've got uh jones uh sorry yeah. Marvin, Marvin Jones, Jones, Marvin Jones and Danny Mandola and, and Kenny G all gone, all those targets yeah. gone. And oh, so yeah. they, and they brought in, you know, they brought in some pieces, but nothing too significant to say, Oh, this guy's going to get all of them. So I do expect a big year from TJ who, uh, TJ Hawkinson. And then I also uh, expect what would be interesting if they move Deandre Swift, you know, outside to get some weapons there or some targets, but, With all that said, even when you do that, Travis, there's still so many targets up for grabs and Amon Ross St. Brown really projects to be a very nice piece for Jared Goff to slide in nicely there. And so I do think that he will be a guy that I will be investing in uh, as far as draft capital. And I I think that he has a, a spot where he could potentially do some things for you. For of all the purposes. third
1: or fourth rounders that were picked, I like him the most just based on volume that's going to be there. And so I think, from a dynasty perspective, I know. Um, actually, even from a redraft perspective, I know the volume that's going to be there. We talked about forty-two percent. Now, obviously, Matt Stafford's leaving, but this is a team that's not going to be very good, so they're going to be high in pass attempts. So I think there's some room here for Amon Ross, St. Brown being a redraft uh, sleeper. So keep him on your radar. Well. We did it, Johnny. Any final thoughts today as we kind of break all these wide receivers down? Are you excited for this release of the NFL schedule? Anything else you want to tell Whisper Nation?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for uh the release of the, the schedule. That's gonna be that's gonna be exciting, Travis. And I want to see where the Cardinals, you know, what what uh primetime games do they have? That's what I want to know. But I'm also excited. Travis, because we just about nailed down our rookie draft for this year for our Dynasty League. It's going to be the end of this month. We had a lot of, uh, you know, people getting married, you know, all this stuff. COVID no longer
1: exists, apparently. And
0: so uh, we we are finally locking that down. It's going to be at the end of this month. So I'm excited for that, Travis.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And now I I feel a little bit more prepared as we've worked through some of these rookie fallout shows and the drafts Mm -hmm. happen. Uh, Stick with us on Friday, this Friday. uh, Make sure you're subscribed and you got your notifications on because Friday we're going live as well. And we're going to start talking the QBs and the tight ends uh, that that got drafted, obviously, in the NFL draft and and what we think about their fantasy fallout. But then starting next week, Johnny, we start rocking into these divisions and really talking about. Uh, the, from the divisional uh, landscape, how we think these teams and the players on them are going to be wrapped up. We've, we, It's time for the ultimate speculation of the offseason to start. We're going to get into training camps. The schedule is going to be created. People have been drafted. Um, it's going to get really exciting, so make sure you're sticking with us. You're subscribed on all platforms. You're checking out thefantasywhispers.com for all that content. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travy. We are the Fantasy Whispers, and we're out. Peace. Peace. Right here. Oh,
0: hey. You made it to the end of the video. If you like what you saw, go ahead and hit subscribe. Make sure you hit that bell so you get notified anytime we drop new content or go live. And if you're still not sold yet, check out one of these videos.